The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, Roto World's Josh Norris here with another episode of, obviously, the Roto World Football Podcast, the final one for week four. Hopefully you listened to Ray Summerlin, Nick Minzio, and Rich Rebar on Thursday's episode. If you haven't, obviously that's good all the way through Sunday. Um, it'll help you with your lineups with Nick's start sits and obviously the beloved worksheet from Rich. Um, but today I have Roto Pat and Evan Silva with Pat's rankings and Evan's matchups column. Before we get to that, I have something important to talk about. It's a sponsor, actually. It's Dollar Shave Club. Um, you know, shaving is something that I think we all hate. Uh, I only shave once a week. Um, but what I hate even more is having to go to the drugstore and tapping the plastic counter and and asking them to open the bin so I can get these razors and shaving cream and all these things and I always think that they cost more than they need to but um, now with Dollar Shave Club one I don't have to go to the drugstore and two it gets delivered straight to me at an affordable price and right now here's your chance to see why over three million members like me honestly I'm a member of Dollar Shave Club um, love the service Um, Dollar Shave Club is so confident and the quality of all of their products that now you can get the first month for free. That's right. I said for free. All you have to do is pay for shipping. After that, it's just a few bucks a month. And there's no long-term commitment, no hidden fees. And there's really no reason not to do it. All you have to do is go to dollarshaveclub.com slash rotoworld. Again, that's dollarshaveclub.com slash rotoworld i chose the executive blade series and it gives you or at least i added on to it the shave butter and the shower gel and and the aftershave lotion and all that good stuff um so i'm all set up you should be too again dollarshaveclub.com slash rotoworld to get that first month for free without further ado here's my conversation with evan silva check it out okay evan silva you have done writing your matchups column so let's talk about it a bit i'm sure that's the one thing you want to do on this Thursday evening, even though this post on a Friday behind the scenes. Um, let's start with Lamar Miller, one of your favorite plays yep. this week. Um, obviously, he gets all of the volume out of the Texans' backfield. Yep. Maybe not done a ton with it in terms of production, but again, volume is what we care about here. Yeah, and they've had some offensive line issues. Um, you know, Lamar Miller doesn't have a gain over 15 yards through three games, but we know that that's in him. I mean, we know that he's a big play runner. And we know that the volume is there. He's had at least 25 touches in each of the Texans' 
first three games. And I think that this is a classic spot where the Texans are coming off a national TV game where they pretty much got embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they, they got smoked and they go back home to face a bad team. The the Titans are bad. They haven't scored any uh, more than 16 points in any of their first three games. And, um, the, you know, you can just tell by the way that Bill O'Brien calls plays that he doesn't trust Brett Brock Osweiler. So for the past 10 days, the Texans assuredly have been working on fixing their running game. Okay. And Bill O'Brien's one of the better coaches in the NFL for, for my money. I mean, he, he's a top 10 NFL coach, and I think he'll be able to, to get some things figured out, uh, especially against you know in a situation where the opponent is not going to be scoring a lot of points the texans although they did lose jj watt jj watt you know wasn't playing very well uh, in the texans first three games wasn't really a difference maker um and the texans have a lot of good players on defense left i mean what whitney merciless has become one of the best edge pass rushers in the nfl you know i don't think you can name a better three cornerback set than kevin johnson jonathan joseph and Kareem Jackson. Uh, looks like they're getting Brian Cushing back. I mean, they have a lot of good players. Can I players bring something on- up? Because I feel like yes. in the past, Evan, you have called the Titans defense a funnel defense. Have you not? Yes, but they got, I mean, they showed vulnerability in a home game on the ground against the Raiders last okay. week. I mean, DeAndre Washington had some great runs. I mean, they, they looked like they had the potential to be a funnel defense in the first two weeks. But ultimately, I think they're just not a very good defense. Yeah, you know they just don't have a lot of good players, and now they're on the road. Um, you know, after giving up a lot of rushing production at home uh, against a team that needs to run the ball, knows that they need to run the ball. Lamar Miller on daily fantasy pre- sites is priced like right at the same level as Le'Veon Bell and below David Johnson, and people will be looking to those guys. They will not be looking at Lamar Miller because he struggled so far. Um, and I think he's a great daily fantasy play. I would be excited to start him in a season-long league. And I, I think the Texans' defense smashes here too, even without J.J. Watt. I agree. Who really, really was ineffective in the first three games anyway. And just 4,500. No, a little bit more. I think it's 4,900 on FanDuel is what they are. Um, yeah, and, and people will know that they just lost J.J. Watt, and they'll be like, I don't want to play Exactly, them. exactly. Yeah. I'm just amazed that you said that the Titans don't have talent. I mean, scorching, scorching take. Um, <laughs> okay, one more running back. Let's go to Carlos Hyde, another uh, ball yeah. carrier with a ton of volume. Um, obviously, they are, are home underdogs against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but give me your take on Carlos Hyde this week. So the Cowboys in their first three games faced uh, the Redskins, the Giants, and the Bears. Those three teams have some of the worst running games in the entire league. Okay. But the Cowboys gave up almost five yards per carry to running backs in those games. I mean, the Cowboys, you know, speak of a team that doesn't have a lot of talent. The Cowboys just don't have a lot of talent on their defense and especially up front. The 49ers are in a great spot to be able to deliver blows, I think, against this. I mean, we, we saw how committed to the running game they exactly. were. They were it, it, they were in fourth quarter garbage time, and they were still running the ball with Carlos Hyde and scoring touchdowns against Seattle's prevent defense. Right. So there there is no concern about Carlos Hyde's week-to-week workload. Um, 
And the 49ers are kind of in that inverse spot uh, from the Texans who we talked about earlier. I mean, the, te- the Cowboys are coming off a big uh, national TV win, going to face a team that they may underestimate to some extent. And they had, you know, they have some issues in their locker room right now with the Des Bryant thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they go and lose to, to San Francisco on the road. And I think that they do that because they can't stop Carlos Hyde. And I'll throw a, th- a few Lord Reeb stats at you. Uh, Carlos yep. Hyde is second in rushing points just behind LeGarrette Blunt this season. Um, and I was going to ask you this, Evan. Is there any concern? I mean, obviously there's tons of concern about this 49ers offense, but they, they ran 72 plays or 77 plays in week one and now just 56 last week. Well, they were just losing the entire game. I mean, the, the Seahawks had the ball, mm-hmm. you know, the, for, for almost the entire game um, until, you know, the, until Seahawks, the Seahawks started playing prevent. And I mean, the, the defenders were just walking around. Um, but yeah, the, the 49ers, I think, are, are kind of realizing that they can't play fast all the time because they don't, have they don't right, you don't, you don't <laughs> want Blaine Gabbard on the field right. for, for 70 plays a game. Right. Um, but I mean, that, that's, you know, that, that's not, uh, I mean, th- that's not a, a huge, huge concern for Carlos Hyde. It's just the, the fact that I think that the, the 49ers will be able to run the ball against the Cowboys front. Let's move over to a top three pick in many fancy drafts this year. Um, in Julio Jones, I know he was held to what one catch, uh, in last weekend's yeah. game. Um, obviously another home underdog against the Carolina Panthers this week. Is there any concern, Evan, in your mind? about um you know julio jones moving forward no 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 sir um (laughs) i i mean he's always going to be a guy who you know has like is dealing with some nagging injury yes um i mean i think we we've come to kind of expect that from julio uh but in his first two games he had what over 60 yards and a touchdown in the first one he had over 100 yards and a touchdown in the second one uh, and then in the third one, the Falcons just won the ball with their rushing attack. You, you know, so, I mean, they, the Falcons were just able to impose their will against a really, really weak Saints run defense. And so, I mean, Jacob Tammy didn't have a big game. I know I realized that Mohamed Sanu left early, but he didn't have a big game. Julio didn't have a big game. Um, now, Julio, it looks like he's probably going to match up with the rookie James Bradbury, who, who's been pretty, pretty friggin' good. Pretty good early in the season, but he's still a rookie. And ten times out of ten, I'm betting on Julio right. over a, a rookie. And the, the Falcons are going to have to score points in this game because this is a game where Cam is not going to be under pressure. You know, it's going to be totally different from last week. The Falcons can't get pressure at all. Uh, you know, whereas last week Cam took eight sacks, twelve quarterback hits. Yeah. You know, he. I think he comes out of this game with like maybe one or two sacks and like two or three quarterback hits. I mean, it's just, it's going to be a whole different ball game. The Falcons can't bring pressure at all. Cam is going to score points. And I guess the storyline was, or the concern was that Matt Ryan's never been a better fancy quarterback than he is now. And mm-hmm. Julio's numbers have been much better than they are right now. So if I was going to put myself in perspective of owners, that might be it. Um, I mean, the season isn't going to go like it did last, last year, year for Julio, but right. he's going to be, he's going to be a stud though. Okay. Uh, how about a wide receiver, Evan, that you and I discussed a lot? And I'm not going to say, you know, that we took both sides here, but 
I mean, I think we covered our bases with Kevin White, right? That he's a tremendous physical talent coming out of West Virginia, but we kept repeating that he only played on one side of the field and we didn't know his development at all. It seems like the latter has taken place where there really hasn't been any development and he's still just this very raw player. However, the Bears are certainly targeting him like he's a tremendous talent. Yeah, he, he he's kind of being used like Michael Irvin, and Alshon is being used like Alvin Harper. Okay, which is not something that I would have expected. I mean, Alshon is like a, you know, he's running a lot of routes deep downfield. He's being asked to win jump balls, and they're feeding Kevin White targets. I mean, he's led the team in targets, and he leads the team in targets on the season. He's led the team in targets in two of the first three games. He had fourteen targets. Last week, he got, he did get behind Morris Claiborne for a 32-yard gain. Um, you know, I, I we we know that he's talented and that he has issues that he's got to work through. The usage is there. I mean, I think he's in an interesting spot this week against Detroit because I think the Lions will put Darius Slay on Alshon the entire game. Okay. And I mean, not that not that Darius Slay is unbeatable. You know, we saw Jordy beat him last week, but you know, you combine that with maybe Alshon having some injury issues and Kevin White matching up with Nevin Lawson. And I think Kevin White is a little bit interesting. He's really, really cheap on daily fantasy sites. He may be on some season long league waiver wires and, um, you know, the usage has been there and he's got a good matchup. So, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I really, I don't want to pretend like I know what to expect from Kevin White. I really okay. don't. But we did see him make a play last week, and he's got some factors working in his favor. Let's finish out with a streaming quarterback. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers' owners might need one. Uh, Evan, you like Alex Smith this week. I love Alex Smith this week. I mean, I've never – I'm not a big Alex Smith guy, but, you know, when he's in good spots, I, I, I really like him. Um, and this is one of those. The Steelers have given up over 300 passing yards in, fir- in all three of their first three, right. three three games. They're playing. They're not bringing any pressure. I mean, they're last in the NFL in sacks and quarterback hits. Uh, they're not even trying to bring pressure. They're they're playing like really old school vanilla cover two defense. Mike Tomlin, Tony Dungy, and you know they <laughs> that is the kind of defense that I think Alex Smith can, can work well against. Yeah. Because that de- that kind of defense is sort of intended to make you fall into long drives and kind of bait you into make mistake making mistakes, and um, you know they'll they'll let you move the ball against them uh, and hope that you make mistakes. But Alex Smith doesn't really make mistakes. You know that's why he's really hung around in the NFL. It's not because he's a great talent. It's because he doesn't make mistakes and out. And Andy Reid feels comfortable with him. So I think that he can have – and the Steelers have a really good run defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that Alex Smith is, is playing a funnel defense this week. I think he can put up some stats. I love Travis Kelsey, um, and I love Jeremy Macklin in this game. Travis Kelsey is particularly interesting because the Steelers have a ton of injuries up the middle of their defense. Ryan Shazier has not practiced yet this week. Their strong safety, Robert Golden, hasn't practiced and uh, their slot corner, Sean Davis, hasn't practiced either. Um, I'm surprised you didn't mention the running backs. I know Reeves pointed out that uh, the Steelers are allowing almost 100 receiving yards to running backs on average per game so far this season, which is pretty freaking crazy. 
And it just so happens that Spencer Ware leads all running backs in re- in receiving yards. There we go. There we go. And um, and, and leads and, the NFL in ten yard plus runs. He's a good player, isn't he? Isn't he? It's fun when you get to watch fun running backs. Yeah, and he's he should be locked into lineups, even though the matchup, the run defense matchup, isn't great. Yeah. Uh, because Sharkandrick West hasn't practiced yet this week, and it doesn't look like Jamal Charles is going to play. I mean, this is a situation where, kind of like last week with Kristen Michael, where we saw that C.J. Procise wasn't going to play, we saw that Thomas Rawls wasn't going to play, and Kristen Michael was just set up for a ton there we go. of usage. And I think this game has shootout potential. So I really like Spencer Ware, too, especially in season-long leagues. All right, Evan, if uh, you haven't, check out Evan's matchups column, obviously, there's one for every game. All the fantasy-relevant players for every single matchup. Um, Evan, I'll talk to you next week, man. Thanks, dude. Well, hello, Patrick Doherty. It's time to pick on Pat. The Tony winning award-winning segment we've <laughs> determined. Teen uh, choice. Teen choice. You know what? Okay. I have to say this, by the way. Trains are passing by, like always. I have to say this. I get to see the analytics for our podcast each week, and you might be amazed that, like, uh, 24 to 18-year-olds are, like, one of our lowest categories. So maybe winning this Teen Choice Award will elevate us in that category. Yeah, I've been, they're lobbying pretty hard for the BET Awards, too. So we're just really, you know... I, I would, I would um, you know, prop up Evan Silva and Nick Minzio and Ray, Raymond Summerlin and you, Pat as reason why we should be good in the 18 to 24 demographic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is actually pretty weird. Isn't uh, it? I got into it in high school and I mean, maybe it seems too daunting and complicated to high schoolers now. Cause it's being, you know, now it's kind of presented as like so numbers based, but yeah, that's very surprising. I think to it's because y'all are just so old now. Um, okay. Yeah. Let's, let's move on to the first one player i guess one player we're talking about and that's trevor simeon uh you have him as quarterback 20 uh pat i was about to call you ray but pat and he faces away the tampa bay buccaneers but is favored in this game why so low on quarterback 20 when he had a good week last week you know it's just it was a good game a very good game against the secondary that's really struggling but you know one game to me does not erase northwestern struggler trevor Uh simeon you know, the guy who had like five more touchdowns than interceptions in the Big Ten. And clearly he's better than that. And he's being managed and manipulated you know, quite well by Gary Kubiak. But, you know, I don't know, maybe now teams will start game planning for him a little bit since he's had a four touchdown game. And, you know, I the Bucks are better against the run than the past, but I still expect the Broncos to try to go pretty run heavy as they'll do right. most weeks. Right. And, you know, three starts, he's had zero touchdowns, one touchdown and four touchdowns. I actually think QB 20 is, you know, fairly generous for someone with his thin of a resume. So, yeah, you know, I could see why on paper maybe that looks low, but I, I think it's quite fair. Yeah, and it seemed like the opposition last week really sold out to stop the run. So I think that played a factor. Um, but I will say, and just because I'm supposed to be a jerk in this segment, um, Tampa Bay has allowed the most touchdowns in the league this year. So. Yes, and they they looked, you know, they made Case Keenum look. Well, they did. I think they did mix in a pick six, but uh-huh. they made Case Keenum look serviceable. But yeah, still to me, you know, Trevor Simeon. I'm just, I'm not, you know, I'm not falling over myself to get Trevor Simeon higher <laughs> in my rankings. So let let's stick with that game and move over to the Bucks running back spot. Obviously, no Doug Martin. That means Charles Sims. 
Um, but going up against a very difficult defense in the Broncos. Now, the job is pretty much solely his. And you have him as running back 14, which is kind of fringe running back one. Yeah, you know, there's actually a, kind of a lot of odd factors that work in this game. You know, one of them is that like he's every down back right now. And he got 19 touches last week in a you know kind of a high-scoring back-and-forth game. And they said they want to run it more this week. So I think 20 touches is probably his baseline. And you know, the Broncos clearly still one of the league's best defenses, but have actually been kind of shaky against the run. They've allowed the 13th most fantasy points to running backs. They're hmm. already already allowed four rushing touchdowns, allowing 4.7 yards per carry. So did not know that. Really been, Yeah, they have not been a lockdown run unit yet. And you know, even if you know the Broncos do kind of get a big lead or anything, that Trevor you know, Charles Sims's role is like a three-down back, and as a guy who's really a pass catch first back he's just he's not going to come off the field whether they're playing ball control or whether they're in comeback mode so i just think he has a way higher floor than people realize for this game to put it in smart fantasy terms he is game flow independent yes yes exactly game flow proof so i'm learning uh how about another pass catching running back in theoretic you have him as running back 29 in a game that should you know see a lot of points um with detroit favored but away against the bears yeah, you know, the main problem is that Theoretic isn't good uh, as a running back. I mean, he's a good pass catcher, but right. 100, 100 career carries and only three yards per carry. And, you know, you kind of mix that in with the fact that Dwayne Washington was kind of turning heads this week, especially Raymond Summerlin, I'll tell you. That Ray is sold on Dwayne Washington. Uh-huh. But you know, Dwayne, Was- Dwayne Washington's supposed to have a much bigger role on early downs this week. And the Bears, for as bad as they've been, and like, you know, this is probably kind of a fluky stat after only three games, but have only allowed 11 receptions to running backs. So, Interesting. I mean, still, yeah. So I still got Riddick in the top 30, but I think Dwayne Washington's definitely, you know, the better standard league fantasy play, way better bet for a touchdown. And then maybe things just don't set up quite as well for Riddick as people, re- uh, you know, as they'll set up as well as people think, basically. And, and I mean, here's the thing. Like, I, I think that theoretic is not good between the tackles, but... I'm not so sure the Lions don't think he's good between the tackles. You know what I mean? Yeah, like That's like, a good point. So if, but, if they're going to use him in that area, and he, he might not you know produce well, but he can still have opportunity in that area. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I think but reading between the lines, I think they have kind of intimated that okay. you know, Dwayne Washington will be, you know, get a bigger chance on early downs this week. Basically, you know, they've been saying stuff like he's been building confidence and, mm-hmm. you know, very, and I think very directly said he'd get more carries this week. So I just think, you know, could be wrong, but I think Dwayne's the play in standard and Theo, obviously the play in PPR. How about Terrell Pryor, uh, the quarterback slash wide receiver, you know, the entire offense for the Browns. The Cordell Stewart. There you go. <laughs> Going up against the Washington Redskins. Um, you have him as wide receiver 29. So that is in the middle. In the That's actually correct. I have him as like wide receiver 19. Sorry, did I say 29? I meant, you did. Wide, meant did. wide receiver 19. Um, yeah. So like in the, in the middle of wide receiver two territory. So explain yourself. Yeah. You know, I think people are, to me, it almost feels low. Like I wanted to put him higher, but Kind of the one game principle. I guess I applied it to Trevor Simeon. Maybe I should apply it to Terrell Pryor a little bit. But did you know that Terrell Pryor is the 21st century's Frank Gifford? Because he was the first player since 1959, Frank Gifford, to have 120 receiving yards, uh, 30 passing yards, and 20 rushing yards in a game. Okay. So 
he only had 14 targets, so he's getting this, this insane usage, like where he's clearly the focal point of the offense. And you know, going up against Josh Norman and the Redskins, but I mean, he has five inches on Josh Norman. Right. And you know, when you're passing and when you're getting these rushes, like I just think he's got. He's just a fascinating prospect, I think, with a way higher floor than people realize and obviously like a really, really intriguing ceiling. And I believe J.P. Finley of CSN Mid-Atlantic, while doing this podcast, uh, just posted that uh, Josh Norman will not shadow Terrell Pryor. So that helps. Yes. Imagine yeah. me get to that blurb. So, uh-huh. yeah. Well, then we better hurry <laughs> up. And, and, and Terrell Pryor has the second highest target share in the NFL just behind Antonio Brown. So I'm with you, man. I mean, if, if they're going to keep targeting him, then he's going to keep putting up points. Um, yeah, just really fascinating usage, and I think you know you could maybe say it's a fluky game, but I mean, when you got yeah, like you said, his rate, you know, like he's like such a high percentage of their offense that I just feel like right. he can't be any more. And any rushing yardage is like a floor, you know. Yes, yes. So how about Jamison Crowder? Uh, I guess sticking in that game again, wide receiver thirty-two. You have him. Uh, it's kind of odd to me, Pat, how much they're using him in the end zone and the red zone. Um, whereas Kirk Cousins, like percentage completion percentage in that area is like well below average <laughs> and Jordan Reed's, uh, target share in that area has dropped this year compared to last year. Um, it's like some point, maybe they'll realize that it might be bad to target Jamison Crowder in that area, <laughs> but until they do, I guess he's at least a wide receiver three. Yeah. I mean, I won't pretend that it's not weird that, uh, he has eight targets inside the 20, which is tied for the league lead, which, you know. Not what you'd expect. He's like my size, I think. But uh, now know, I'm just like visualizing you running out there. <laughs> you know, me being a target sponge for Kirk Cousins. Yes. That actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's, you know, Kirk Cousins kind of telegraphed his bromance with Jameson Crowder over the summer. Basically said he was like a receiver to look out for this year. And, you know, he's getting the, the targets. He's getting him in the area where you need to get the targets. He has touchdowns and back-to-back games. And, you know, really with the eye test, looked pretty darn good, you know, last week. Really kind of juking people out of their shoes. So he's got the usage. You know, he seems to have the faith of his quarterback. And, yeah, the wide receiver 32, you know, this might end up being like a one-week experiment here. But uh, I think he's earned it so far. Are you revealing your process here, Patrick? Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, thanks so much for joining me, and I'll talk to you again next week. And as always, everyone can check out Pat's rankings, and they're updated all throughout kickoff until Sunday morning. Yes, uh, next week, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for listening. Hope you, Hopefully you enjoyed that with Evan and Pat. Again, check out the Thursday episode with Ray, Nick, and Rich. It's good until Sunday. Um, and subscribe. You know, subscribing allows these to get to you automatically. And also rate and review. It helps us reach a new members of the audience, especially that 18 to 24 crowd. We need that one. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised Pat's not putting us there. Anyways, um, thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back with another episode on Tuesday. Talk to you then. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.